Glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main web address. And you want to follow me, you can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up later, what if you haven't been able to save for a down payment for a home, but you were able to get your down payment somewhere else? Sounds like a free lunch, right? Well, I'm going to tell you how that free lunch works and what you have to do to get it coming up later this hour. So following hurricanes Harvey and Irma, there's a lot of good stories and not so good stories. Starbucks, got to give them some credit. Actually, their employees, Starbucks, like many other companies, has an employee assistance plan that's funded by their employees. And so companies can collect money from workers. We have one of these at the studio where you collect money from workers and then it's used for employee assistance when other workers hit hardship. And Starbucks closed 700 of its stores at least for a while, but the employees still got paid generally because of other employees and what they had done with what they call the cup fund. Of course, Starbucks, cup of coffee, they call it the cup fund. But that's something that you as an employer, if you don't have the ability to fund emergency relief to employees, you are allowed to set up a fund that your employees do in fact contribute to and that's a, that's a way that you can help. But if you are in a position that you can afford to give assistance, you are allowed under the law for your employees impacted by Harvey and Irma, you're allowed to cover basic expenses for them. And, you can, and it's deductible for you but not taxable to the employee done right. This is where accounting, you know, your CPA does your tax work or whoever it is. If you're large enough, you have in-house tax expertise. You got to make sure you jump through the hoops right. But you're able to pay for temporary housing for employees. You're able to pay for various expenses they have that are directly or at best tangentially related to the hurricane. So you can make a difference for your employees a number of different ways. One of the benefits I really like that some companies offer is where employees can harvest other employees' time off. There are people here at the studio that never take their vacation or take very little of it. In these sharing programs, they would be able to give up uh, paid time off for someone who's trying to rebuild his or her life after a medical event or a disaster like these hurricanes. I just want you to know that there's more that you can do, even in a corporate environment or a business environment, to help the people that work for you that are facing hardship. And tomorrow... 
we will have a guide up for you. If you were affected in Texas, Louisiana, Florida, or, or the other spinoff states from Irma, if you are having trouble making payments on your loans, we'll have information for you with various big lenders and some smaller ones, what procedures they're making available, what offers they're making for you to get through a time of hardship. Mark is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mark. Hey, how you doing? Great, thank you, Mark. You have a question for me about an old 401k. How long ago did you work for the employer? Actually, I'm still working for the employer right now. Um, I'm switching jobs uh, the beginning or middle of October. And the company I'm working with now has a great 401k program, low rates. Um, they match 4%. The new company, um, unfortunately, uses one of those big banks that I don't really like. They've been in the news for a lot of negative things lately. <laughs> um, That's going to be your new yeah. employer. Well, that's their new 401k, unfortunately. Oh, oh, okay. Got it. Got it. And their 401k matches 50% on the dollar up to 5%. And I was just wondering, is it should I keep the old 401k and just funnel my own money into it since it's such a low cost? You can't. Just, you can't. But you can't. leave the old 401k alone. Leave it as it is. How much money do you have in it? Oh, not much. I started really late to the game. I unfortunately was not the smartest financial person until about a year ago. Well, when you start is when you start. So you have just a few thousand in it? Correct. Yeah, about seven and a half now. Seven, seven five hundred? Yeah. Okay. So that employer will, when they're your ex-employer, will offer you an option of keeping that money with them or will... Um, offer you options of moving it to your own IRA. If they offer you the option of leaving the money behind, leave it. Again, you won't okay. be able to contribute anymore, but you'll still benefit from the very low costs of the plan. Now, this low-cost carrier has a credit card that I was thinking about getting that actually allows you to put in a percentage from the credit card onto the account. Would, that be, would I be able to add money using that credit card if I used the card and just had it funneled to the that 401k? I would think not, since you're no okay. longer employed there, but you could put it into an IRA with them, or uh, they probably offer you an investment account option that you could have the money contributed to. Is this the one that you get 2% cash back? Yes. Yeah, so we're talking about Fidelity? Yes. All right, so you have the option of moving your 401k that you have with Fidelity at the current employer, just move it to Fidelity as an IRA, and then you could get the benefit of the 2% cash back going into that account as it transitions into an IRA. Okay. I was only holding off getting that credit card because I was worried that they'd just kick me out entirely. <laughs> no, no, no. no. You, just, you just move over move that money over, then you'd be able to contribute to it in the future. Uh, but it's regular IRA money. You know what I'd like you to do, if you move that over, I'd like you to make future contributions into a Roth IRA with Fidelity. Okay. And just leave that money as regular IRA money at Fidelity. Okay. Now, with the new employer, 
what I'd like you to do is contribute to the plan only up to 5% of your pay to pick up the 50 cent on the dollar company match. Okay. So then you'd be saving 7.5% of your pay effectively there. And then the rest I'd like you to be piling into the Fidelity Roth IRA. Perfect. That's what I was thinking about doing, but I wasn't sure if it was possible or not. Yeah, so that would all work. So uh, in summary, move the Fidelity 401k money from the soon-to-be former employer over to a Fidelity IRA. Fidelity will help you do that the right way. And then leave that be, open a Fidelity Roth IRA, have your 2% contributions that are coming through the Fidelity credit card go into that Roth, plus you contribute your own money into that Roth. Awesome. Thank you. Great. Well, best to you. And I'm glad that you now, Mark, are totally in on this whole retirement savings thing. Don't worry about what you didn't do prior to a year ago. Just focus on the good stuff you're making happen now. Shannon's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Shannon. Hello, Clark. How are you today? I'm having a great day. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Well, I am, too. Um, I have just a little question. I, I have a granddaughter just turned a year old, our first granddaughter. Congratulations. And, uh, well, thank you. We are really proud of our little Emma. And so my wife and I decided um, when she was born that we would contribute $100 each month toward a long-term saving for her future education. And at the end of her this past year, her... Uh, birthday was in August, so we took that $1,200, and I was going to just buy a simple, uh, you know, a CD, and over the past weeks, I've been listening to your show a little more regular, and you are a big fan of the 529 college, um, you know, fund. Is that the way I want to go with this money? If the culture is that this one-year-old grandbaby is going to go to college, then absolutely 100%. Yes, on the 529 plan. Okay. And I understand she's already doing advanced math equations at one, right? She is. She is. She's, uh, oh, yeah, she's really high, Lenny. And she is going to go to college no matter what. As I heard a caller last week you talked to, and you were high on this, and you went through the history, and the history is very good for her to go to college. Now, my next question is, where do I get this? How do I get a... 529. Do I go to a uh, a financial agency or not? If you not unless you want to upset me and make me have to reach for generic <laughs> antacids. Okay. Yeah, I don't want so, I don't want that. So, what state does your uh, one year old grandchild live in? We're in Alabama, and they have a thing called College Counts 529. Right, and with that plan, the only one only choices I'd like you to look at for her, uh, the um, age-based portfolios. Age-based, I'm writing this down, port, okay. The age-based portfolios have reasonable costs, and so that would make that a good choice. How much do you trust, okay, i got to ask you a tough question, Shannon. How much do you trust your son or daughter, whichever it is? 100%. Okay, then what you want to do is you want to give your son or daughter the money that's going to go into this account and have them be the owner of the account 
with your grandbaby being the beneficiary. Because okay. there are advantages 17 years from now that way. Okay, for them. Well, for no, for the grandbaby. Unless, okay. I mean, rules could change between now and then, but sure. the, the portion of the money expected to be spent towards the child's college is a more favorable formula if the account is owned by a parent. Okay, I understand. Now we're, now we're talking. Okay, so I give it to my son. My son contributes to the account. Okay. Right, and your son, on top of it, will get an income tax reduction or deduction on his Alabama state income tax. Wow. That's great. And when we can set it up like on birthdays and Christmas, people can give them money to contribute to this account, I assume. Exactly. Well, that's great news. I didn't say that. I didn't know that. You were very helpful. Well, I'm so glad. And, And the 529, if it's, you know, obviously in your family culture, college is gonna happen. And in that case, nothing beats the 529 accounts that, and like in Alabama, you get a tax deduction up front, you get tax-free growth of the money, and then it's spent tax-free for college. How perfect. Debbie is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Debbie. Clark. How are you doing? Very well. Taking my call. I really appreciate it. Sure. So my son, he's currently in the air and the car was totaled. Nobody was, the car was a complete loss. Debbie, your so, phone is cutting in and out, but I think you heard that, you said that your son was in a car accident. Is he hurt? Is he okay? He's okay. Okay, his, um, his car is awesome. I'm going to go outside trying to find a good place to get service. Um, so his car was a total loss. Um, the insurer has swept in and, and they took care of the loss. Um but there was a gap, and he had gap insurance to take care of that. So my question is, um, is it, you know, they found a salvage company that will take, um, will take the car and will pay $1,800. And I'm wondering, is he legally obligated to provide that to the gap insurer? Um, that would depend on the contract for the gap insurance. Okay. So that that is a contract question that you know those policies are it's probably eight or ten pages long, mm-hmm. and so you've you've got to actually do you have a copy of the policy? I don't. I've been trying to get him. He's twenty one, so he's he's difficult to, oh. to get anything out of. But USAA, or I'm sorry, his insurer told us. Um, it's that, okay that, to say USAA. Okay. I thought you liked that. <laughs> uh, they they said that they didn't say required, but they said they would get like upset if you didn't. Yeah, That's it's normally. Like, I mean, I would expect that the contract would require that because he's not allowed what's known as unjust enrichment. You know, if they paid uh-huh. off the gap and then uh-huh. uh, he's making money from that, then that's not really fair. But it all right. depends on the language of the contract, which is why. The USAA person worded it that way is well. They probably wouldn't be happy with you, so it, it, it the contract language itself will determine if that money is supposed to be signed over to the okay. gap insurer. Okay, well I'll get my hands on the contract then. The best news is he was not hurt. Right, right. 
So that was that was good news. And thank you for everything that you do. I work for the Air Force, and I I use all the things that you say all the time in my work. So oh, are you a civilian employee with the Air Force? I'm a civilian employee. Yes. You know, I yeah. was. Oh, are you? Yeah, during the Vietnam War, I was a oh, civilian wow. employee of the Air Force. Yeah, they're a great employer. <laughs> they they really are like a great organization, and I I wonder what happened to all those people who I worked with when I was a civilian employee. I lost touch and track of all of them, but to a person, they were great patriots who loved our country. Clark, let's do an Ask Clark real quick. Sarah wrote in, she said, if I max out my Roth 401k at work, can I still contribute to my own personal Roth IRA? Yes, as long as you don't exceed the income limits for a Roth IRA, you are allowed to do both, and I love the way you're thinking. You're going to accelerate your savings for your future, and you're probably going to be shocked how early you can retire. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. Clarkdeals.com, where you go to get the bargains, go to get the savings. Speaking of savings, for millennials, saving money for a down payment on a home has generally been a bridge too far. And I am a fan of people saving, having less risk in a property. You avoid private mortgage insurance. You also are in less risk if the markets suddenly take a bad turn on you and you have to get out. But coming up with down payment money for millennials is not an impossible task, but a very hard one because of student loans. Student loans ate all the savings and continue to eat the savings of millennials, two and three roughly going to college, graduating with uh, from a moderate amount to a lot of student loan debt, slows life down, uh, marriage, buying houses, all those things, planning for the future, saving for the future, saving for retirement, all because of the college problem. So now there is an offer available that is one that is absolutely crazy. It's a service that has started in Seattle. If it works there, it will spread around the country. And normally I wouldn't talk about something that is in such an isolated part of the country, but what they're doing is so unusual, so different, that I wanted to mention what they're offering and their plan, by the way, I should say, in addition to Seattle, they're planning to go to Chicago, Denver, Raleigh, among other cities in the near future. They cover the down payment for you for a home up to $50,000 in down payment as long as you will continuously list a part of your home on Airbnb so that they make back the money on the down payment that they have put up and it potentially is a win all the way around. You cross that bridge that's been too far for you to have a down payment on your home 
And then in addition to that, you are in a position where you end up with equity once you've met that threshold of typically one to three years of renting out. So if you buy a property that has a carriage house, you know, that's where you have a garage that has a little apartment over it or a basement with a room that could have a separate entrance, then you don't feel the intrusion you would of somebody who you wake up in the morning and there they are sitting in your living room <laughs> watching TV wondering what's for breakfast. So it's got to be the right situation, the right circumstance. But I love the creativity. In fact, I saw in a New York Times post that Fannie Mae, seeing this terrible problem with all the millennials who are overwhelmed with the student loan debt, that they are looking for a number of ways in order to qualify people and offer alternative programs for people who have the student loan debt. So this is just one freaky idea. How do people come up? This is called Loftium again. How do people create something like that? How do they come up with an idea like that? I'm always curious how people have that kind of wisdom. Juliet's with us. Juliet, you would like one of these millennials to buy a place you have. Is that true? Yes, sir. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What's going on? Um, I have a property uh, that I bought in 2012, and um, I bought it for 140 And uh, the current value in my neighborhood for a home like mine is around 200 and Oh, wait, 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 wait. So you bought for 140 Yes. And in five years, it's gone up $100,000 in value? Yes, sir. Wow. You are one smart woman. <laughs> Thank you, sir. That is really great. And But you won out, huh? Um, I'm not sure if that's the right decision. Um, it is. For me, I, it, it is very hard for me to find the right person, the right renter. I don't know if I should deal with renters. I don't know. Uh, I can rent my house for $1,600 a month. That is what the rent value in my area goes for right now for this, this square footage of my house. Um, so that's nineteen two right a time. year, uh, $19,000 a year, let's say and rental income yes sir and what's your carry per month on the hundred and forty thousand dollar mortgage when you add in taxes and insurance um a carry per month yeah what does it cost you per month for the property um my mortgage is um with everything included my insurance and um my hoa it's uh, actually almost nine hundred dollars well, wow. so it's so it's ten eight a year plus repairs you have to do and things like that, and an yeah, income of nineteen. That is a sweet potential deal if you didn't despise being a landlord. Because what I hear in your voice is you don't really like being a landlord. Yeah. So your the answer to your question actually has uh, two parts to it. One, if you were just asking me, 
if this is a, a good, compelling case for being a landlord, this is yes. a good case for being a landlord. Okay. But if you don't like being one, who cares? Because life is about more than cash flow. That's correct. So if you want out, you're in a position to get out, and then you'll have, um, after closing expenses and commissions and stuff, you'll have uh, like 220000 something like that, to go yes. do something with. Well, minus the payoff of the mortgage, but you're going to clear nice money. And so this is this is a personal preference choice if you want to sell or not. And in a strong market, this is a good time for you to take advantage of it and not wish later, wow, why didn't I sell when it had run up 100000 in value above what I paid? Unless you become more enthusiastic about being a landlord, sell it. John joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, John. Hello, Clark. John, you have a question that no one has ever asked me in 30 years. Wow. Amazing. So congratulations to you. You know, for you, you get our special prize pack, which is absolutely nothing. (laughs) Okay. So hit me with the question. Question is, uh, I have two credit cards that are not activated, and I'm wondering if those are going to show up in my credit report, if they're going to go against my credit or not. So the cards come, they have those uh, little sticky things on them that say, please activate this card online at this web address or at this number. Yes. And how they would reflect in your credit depends on this. If these were already existing accounts that you had used prior... then those accounts are probably going to continue to reflect on your credit just as before. At some point, they'll kick you to the curb as an inactive customer. Okay. If they are accounts that are brand new and you never activate the card, then likely those will not show as an active item on your credit report. Okay. Now, that could vary by bank by lender, by credit card issuer, but as a general rule, that would be how it would play. Okay, so should I cancel them or should I reduce the credit limits? Never reduce credit limits. Never, huh? Never. Credit limit reduction lowers your credit score. Oh, wow. Are, Are you worried that you're going to be too tempted to use them? No, I'm worried I'm going to have too much unsecured credit and I won't be able to get a loan. No, don't worry about that at all. So the way it works with your credit score is just under a third of your credit score is based on how little or how much of your available credit you're using. Okay. So having a lot of available credit that you're using very little of is to your benefit. Okay. And your credit score goes down, not up, when you reduce limit. So let's okay. say, you are you going to buy a home anytime soon? Yes. That's the one time, this is really weird, having a lot of available credit will boost your chances of getting a better mortgage because you'll show a higher score, they'll maybe give you better terms, better rate, but then before closing... An underwriter for the mortgage lender may say, 
I don't like how much available credit you have, John, and push you to close some lines of credit, but you don't want to even think about doing that till after you've been through the full underwriting process for the mortgage. Okay. Does that help? Hey, that helps a lot. All right. And, and the one more question. Yes. I got you on the air. Um, how can I get a credit score without having to pay, it, pay for it or having it go against them asking questions why I'm requesting my credit score? I got this for you. All right. So first, Discover will give you access to a free credit score at a website they have called creditscorecard.com. You don't have to do anything with Discover. You don't have to have a card with them, nothing. And they'll just give you your score for free. Credit? Creditscorecard.com. Okay. And then another is creditkarma.com. Okay. And they'll give you uh, two of your credit scores. Now, the one Discover gives you is an actual, as I understand it, is a real FICO store score. The one okay. from Credit Karma is their own brew of what makes up a credit score, but I find them to be very helpful in knowing where you are in things. And with all those credit cards you have, many of those credit cards you have may be giving you your credit score for free also. Okay. So on the, you can sign in and they may give it to you. The Discover one is an actual Experian FICO score. So it is the real scoop. Melissa's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Melissa, you are getting called by a collector for a debt that is not yours. Correct. And what kind of loan is it that they're calling about? Um, they said it was a tuition loan. Not a student loan, but a tuition loan. That's what they called it, was a tuition loan. Okay. So, and that's all they said to you? Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. So, was that the first time you'd ever heard about this? Yes. And this is not yours, for sure? Absolutely not mine. Okay. And you told them that, right? Yes. All right. They are required to send you a letter within five days of first contact? Okay. And then on that letter, there will be a procedure for you to dispute that this is your debt. Okay. And you have 30 days to do that from the date on that letter. Okay. Dispute it and send the dispute by certified mail. All right. And you say, this isn't me, not my debt. So did the collector get nasty with you or were they like... You sure it's not your debt, or what happened in the collection? Yeah, call? and he was actually pretty helpful, or at least I thought he was helpful. Um, he told me I should file a police report um, and told me that, you know, he would try to help me through it and gave me a phone number. Um, but I didn't confirm or deny anything on the phone with him because I was a little nervous about that. But he did have my Social Security number, which I thought was a little um, scary. Well, I mean, who knows who that was, if they really were a collector, if it is a collection with somebody who applied for a loan using your identity. you got to wait till you get the uh, collection letter. And have you checked your three credit files to see if there is anything like this on any of the three of them? Yeah, um, so I was able to get through on one of them. And um, sure enough, there is a loan on there and an address that is not mine. Um, on my credit report. So um, I was able to freeze my credit 
at that location. Um, but I guess now I have to dispute with them to get this address and this loan off of my credit score. Yeah, so you dispute it saying that it is not your debt. And okay. you, at the same time, once you get the letter from the collection agency, you will dispute it with them as well. Okay. Now, I hope that it is, those. as you described, a tuition loan and not a student loan. The student loan thing, when somebody impersonates you, is is a real messy thing. Oh. And I'd like you to stay in touch with us as you go through this process to see if we can be more help once you've okay. started the whole dispute process. Okay. So, Great. best to you, and I hope that this will turn out to be just a clerical error or something like that and not where somebody's engaging in identity fraud as if they're you. I wonder how somebody would do that in school. They get their education as if they're you instead of them. No credentials then, right? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question at Clark.com. Joel asks it for you. Chris wants to know, Clark, I currently have a dish uh, at my home and I'm wondering if TV service from PlayStation is a better and cheaper option. It certainly is a cheaper option, and I got to tell you, the pay TV providers, everything I'm reading in the business press, they are terrified now of people cutting the cord uh, far higher numbers than they expected because these streaming alternatives are so much cheaper. So the PlayStation product, that's a, I guess it's a Sony product, is from 39 a month to a hugely expensive 75 a month. But 75 comes with like every premium channel just about known to humankind. So it, it's up to you with it, with um, the, the one from YouTube.tv, the one from Hulu, the Hulu Live product, and uh, Sling.com. There are, it's getting to be a pretty crowded landscape on you getting your television through the streaming services, but they typically, the common package is 35 or $40 a month, depending on who you get it from. A lot cheaper than the average pay TV bill of just over 100 a month. All right, real quick, Antonio, I'm planning a Vegas trip and wondered the best place to get discounted tickets on shows. All right, ticks for tonight is one we've talked about in the past. TIX, the number four, tonight.com and lasvegas.com don't lose any money at the tables you're listening to the clark howard show i appreciate you tuning in to the clark howard show and if you'd like more fun stuff to listen to by podcast well 
we have our empowerment zone. This is where you get to hear the stories of people that have done amazing things, either in overcoming hardship in their lives or things they've done to accomplish. Go to Clark.com slash Empowerment Zone.